Hey everyone, and we're back. This is the Common Thread Threadcast podcast, if you will. I'm Ryan Smith, pastor at Common Thread Church. I'm coming to you live from my bedroom today. Yes, because that's always exciting, right? <laughs> um, we're in the midst of a series uh, talking about, we're calling it Campfire Stories, diving into Hebrews 11. And looking at different stories that challenge our faith and what it looks like to be at faith. And today we're, we're looking at Abraham and talking about a journey. Um, I want to share with you kind of a quick story. I hope it's quick. We'll see. Um, but uh, when I was a junior in college, um, I don't know, you UK people, uni, is that what you call it? I don't know the difference. We're going to have to talk about these different words. But I was a junior and I had the privilege of um, spending a semester in Greece. I lived right outside of Athens in a town called Glyphata. Um, spent my fall semester of my junior year in college there. And it was an incredible, incredible time. Um, now I'll tell you, kind of date myself here, but this was before cell phones. Well, before everybody had a lot of cell phones and it was, you know, especially taking a cell phone across the, the pond and uh, having a, a uh, um, international calling plan and so to talk to family you had to get one of those phone cards you have to go buy it at a kiosk and then go to the phone and put in your number also before digital cameras really uh, in the sense of like making it affordable and so had a camera with me but it was one of those that had the film rolls in it and so spent a semester um, just traveling around Greece around uh, Turkey went to Israel it was an incredible incredible time um, but after the semester was over, um, they had basically, they, it's kind of just like any other school. They let you out, you're done. And so it's kind of like you choose what you want to do. And so they have a thing which is called free travel. And it's just basically, you know, I went to a private Christian school. So my time over in Europe was pretty, um, uh, what would you call it? It was, it was very, you know, I was under a strict rules. I had to stay with the school, do all this kind of stuff. But once the semester was over, you know, they let me go. And so um, me and a friend that I met there in, during that semester, we planned that we were going to do a free travel. We were going to travel 14 days through Europe. So we got a Eurorail pass. And uh, remember, so no cell phones and all kinds of stuff. And so it, and no... Um, so it didn't have Google Maps on you and you know, stuff. So I carried a travel book. I think it was called what Frome's travel book. And my my friend and I we had we had mapped out our fourteen day adventure that we were going to do riding the, the the train system in Europe. We had planned. We were poor college kids, so we were planning on um, traveling to different places and then timing it to where um, we would take overnight trains so we could sleep on the train and avoid paying for hotels as much as we could. And I, in high school, studied French for six years. I did an extensive amount of French. I loved uh, French history. I loved everything about France. And so we had actually planned a, a good portion of the front half of our trip was going to be in France. We were going over, we are going to take a, 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 what do you call it, <laughs> a, a boat from uh I had a hard time thinking of the word boat, right? <laughs> we're going to take a boat from Greece over to Italy, and then we were going to spend three or four days in Italy, uh, Rome and Florence and, and all those places. But then we were going to go to France and spend several days in France and not just go to Paris. I had 
mapped out really neat places I've found geographically all over France that I was going to visit. Right the day before we left on this 14-day adventure, France shuts down. They go on strike. Now, in Europe, you know, they go on strike a lot of times, but this is a major strike. Um, this is a strike where even the international airport shut down, so the only way you were getting in and out of France, it ended up being for like three weeks, I think. It was a long time, but the only way you are going to get in and out of France was through a car or walking. So this just threw our trip plans up in the air. And so we we get on the boat, we go over to Italy, we spend a couple days there, and then it's time for us to, to move on and see the rest of Europe. But our plans are completely shot. Um, we have no idea what we're going to do. So what we end up doing, we go up to Pisa and uh, see the Leaning Tower of Pisa, which we were there for like five minutes, and then we decide, okay, you know, we can plan this out, but not know. And so what we decided to do is that we simply just <laughs> went to the train station and looked for an overnight train and said, okay, we're going there. And we knew a couple of places in Europe that we wanted to hit. You know, we wanted to go to Berlin and some other places. But other than that, you know, our plan was shot. And so we were like, we knew we had to be in, in London at the end of the 14 weeks or 14 days so that we could... Uh, um, catch our flight back to the u.s um but so we we got on we found a tra- train and we ended up uh, going up to switzerland and for the next what nine ten days our plans were basically go somewhere look at it um find a train and so we had we were trying to make plans but you know we, we were just kind of doing it and so there were there were a couple times where we'd go to the train station and we had planned to catch a train to somewhere and come to find out that train either missed it or it um, it what it shut down um, or you know whatever it might be and so there were, I remember one night our um, our destination literally changed to three different countries in a span of, of ten minutes we we're okay we're going to Germany no okay we're going to you know to to Switzerland no we're going you know it was just a crazy thing but. In those 10 days, it was possibly the most amazing trip ever. I came across things that I never would have planned for. I had a five-course meal in Italy that was paid for by a professor from Princeton. Uh, I took a shower, one of the best showers ever, um, in a train station. I went to the Swiss Alps and was in the middle. I was in Lucerne, but I never saw the Swiss Alps because the day we were there, there was fog every which way. Um, just in, It was an incredible journey. Uh, went to end up going to Köln, Germany, and going to a chocolate factory, but never once did I know where I was going. And I think back, you know, my parents didn't know what I was doing. They didn't, you know, there's no way for me to communicate necessarily what was going on. You know, the trust that they, or I don't know if they call it trust, whatever it was. I mean, just crazy. You can't imagine doing something like that now, right? Um, but it was the, one of the most amazing journeys ever. And that's kind of what we're talking about today, is the concept of what it means to have a journey. Um, that was the, my journey of a lifetime. It changed me forever. Um, but we're talking about faith, and, and, and today's concept is living by faith. And, and the challenge is that living by faith is a journey. Um, we talked yesterday, the idea that I, I want to use the word journey and not the word adventure, because sometimes we throw out the word adventure, but when we say adventure, usually it's something that's that's exciting, right? But 
but faith is not always exciting. There, there is hard parts about, about this idea of walking in faith. Um, but it is a journey. It's not a destination. Uh, it's not a location. Faith is, is, is a progression of things. We'll talk about that more. And, and today we're specifically talking about Abraham's journey. And so Abraham, um, we know his story, or you might have heard his story. If you haven't, you can go to Genesis 11 and 12, read around there a few chapters, um, the, you know, past 12, to hear his, his incredible story. But his journey um, was, one, geographical, but it was also spiritual. Um, it was one that was, um, that was, that was very powerful, um, and it changed uh, who he was. And you have to remember back then... There wasn't the Bible, right? There wasn't the Old Testament. There wasn't the Pentateuch. There wasn't any of these things. And so as we talk through this, you have to remember um, that he didn't have the things we had, but yet still interacted with God, right? Um, and so that's that's an incredible thing. And so um, I want to read, uh, the, the story begins in, in Genesis 12, 1 through 3. And it says, The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. And so back in 1, it says, "Go." You know, God says, Go from your country, your people, and how your father's household in this land, and I will show you. And so, um, you see here on this, on this, you know, the, he's there on the right over there by the Persian Gulf in Ur, with his dad, and he's told to go on this. He's not told where to go, right? Um, and we don't know how this happens, right? We don't know um, how God talks to Abraham. How does Abraham know that it's God that's speaking, right? We don't know any of these things, but it does come down basically. Um, what we do know is that Abraham obeys, right? Um, and so in, in Hebrews 11, where we've been, it says, By faith Abraham when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. And that's the key sentence. Obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. And then nine, by faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. So he's looking forward to something. But he, but even if, as we look at that description, it's really not what he ever received in a sense. Because there's something more that he was God was bringing towards him for him. Right, um, but basically, is that he obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. And so, God calls Abraham, and Abraham knows it's God because he goes. Right, you know, you wouldn't leave, you wouldn't uproot your family, especially back then. No one traveled a lot um, unless you were doing trade routes. Um, you know, we kind of saw this in the in the uh, picture. Where is it? Um, you know, here here's a picture of the main traders back then. And so, unless you were a trader, you didn't you didn't pick your family up and go on vacation and travel, you know, across ways. Especially you're, you're walking or riding a camel. Maybe this wasn't something people did back then. For so for him to move his family, to leave his father, and, and to leave you know everything that he knows, um, there had to be something. And so we we recognize that he knew it was God. And so the first question I want to just kind of throw out to you as we think about it is that, how do you know? How do you know 
when God is speaking to you? How do you know that it is God, right? Um, and so again, um, our story and Abraham's story can't really um, go parallel because again, um, I, I have never, maybe you have, I've never experienced a, a voice speaking to me and saying this is God, right? Um, I have to use different uh, different ways to discern God's calling in my life. Um, but Abraham did. And so that's that's the first thing, you know, that, that I want to challenge us on is this idea of what it means to um, to develop a strategy. And, and here, that's kind of a weird word, but develop a strategy for knowing believing and obeying who God is, right? Um, at Common Thread, uh, one of our strategies is the triangle, the up, in, and out, that we use those um, criteria, those um, markers as ways to to not just live, but to dis- discern who God is in our life. And so um, what does it mean for you to discern God's voice? Um, and, you know, we can list that out. You know, it's you can look at, you know, say, well, now we have the Bible, right? Um, now we have um, the Holy Spirit uh, that they didn't necessarily have back then as well. Now we have our community of, of believers, people that we can go to, mentors, pastors, you know, whatever it might be, people that we can, that can help us discern, which the challenge there is that you become comfortable with with your discernment process, right? Because but there is that there is that need to wrestle with hearing God's voice. And that's a, a deeper conversation for another time, but I want to challenge you in that. Um how do you know when it's God's voice, especially when it's something you don't want to do? Um it's, it's easy to know it's God's voice when it's something we want to do, right? Um that seems to be easy for that. Um yes, God, I will go to Hawaii. And serve the people there. <laughs> yes, God. You know, I mean, no, God. I'm not going to go broke for you and do whatever. You know, I mean, it's one of those things that, that discernment has to be more than just our own preference, right? And so, finding ways to do that. But the the more important part that we're going to talk about today is is that once he discerned, Abraham discerned it was God's voice, and he, you know, in Hebrews 11, we we get that he. Uh, by faith he made his home in the promised land. By faith, when called to go to a place, he would later receive his inheritance. He obeyed. And so it's the concept of obeying that is, is what we want to challenge each other with right now. Is when, when we hear God's voice, we're called to do something about it, right? And, then, and so that word is obey, obedience. And two things I want you to think about in, in the concept of obeying, in, 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 you know, in the story of Abraham, but also in our lives, is one is the is is the idea that we need to avoid self deception. Um, you know, for us, it's one of those things that I, I hear God's voice. You know, I hear it, but then, um, you know, we start saying, you know, we start deceiving ourselves, and you know, you know, Abraham could have easily said, "Yeah, God, I hear you. You want me to go, but right now, it's, um, you know, it's." the season of crops it's time to bring in the crops where you know my my sheep are out on the you know they're out in the pasture right now i've got to wait for them to to eat the good grass whatever it might be you know maybe in two or three months once you know i'm too busy right now it's too much going on um and so for many of us we begin to we hear what we're supposed to do we know what we're supposed to do but then we begin to deceive ourselves in you know uh, putting it off or, or putting excuses or I need to throw that fleece out just to, to see, make sure that it's God's right. 
And so that idea, that challenge um, to become people who are not just hearers, but also doers. You know, the book of James is big on that concept, this idea that that I'm not just supposed to hear God's word and then walk away or forget it. You know, it's like looking in the mirror and then forgetting what I look like. So I'm supposed to be a hearer and a doer, that I'm supposed to implement what God has, has put forth in my life, what he's called me out to, right? So that's a part of obedience is to avoid that self-deception. The other, um, the other concept of obedience is that our biblical worldview has got to change. And what I mean by this is that when you hear God's calling, that it's no longer bound to what you see in this world. It's no longer bound to what you've experienced in the world. It's no longer bound to what you know. But now you are following the creator of the universe, of the world, who who makes plans bigger than just where am I going to eat lunch today, right? Um, and so the idea of growing a biblical worldview is that recognize that my steps, even though they're in front of me and they're present and they're at my ge- geography right now, the steps I might be taking might be leading me to a different part of the world. You know, and especially for back then for Abraham to end up where he ends up, it's like it would have been equivalent to just going to the other side of the universe, basically going into, into a new world. Um, and so, so obedience means that my worldview means that, that that what I'm doing is no longer just bound to my comfort zone, um, but that my geography might be changing. But also, not just geography, but it's also history. How I view history, how I view um, what got what is happening in this world changes, and it becomes um, more. Uh, intense, but also more global, right? It, it, it becomes more focused, but yet more expanded at the same time. And so obedience means that I am willing to let go of my periphery, my, 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 my things that I know and trust that God might be doing something um, worldly um, in, in a way that I have no idea. And so I have to allow my biblical, my worldview to become um, expanded and to become godlike, um, and that's that's an interesting kind of concept. And so that's what that's when we get Hebrews eleven eight. That's where we, you know, it says again by faith. Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as an inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. That did not know where he was going. We cannot skip over that. Um, that that he understood that his steps were no longer his steps, right? Uh, that he had come to obey um, God and that to recognize that his steps could take him wherever. Because that's the thing about journey. Um, that's what we learn about journey here is this idea that faith as a journey um you know, the, the two things I want you to think about that is that it begins with God's word, right? And we talked about that. You know, when we use the word God's word, you know, we automatically go to the Bible. And that, you know, so that's where we get our calling these days in, in a lot of ways. But however, God's word for Abraham wasn't the Bible. It was just him recognizing that God had spoke. Um, and so our journey, our faith as a journey begins with us. It begins not with our own preferences, Right. Um, I've always joked about I'm, I'm still waiting on God to call me to to serve in Colorado. You know that had to be my dream place to live, 
Um, but he hasn't done that yet, at least it doesn't feel like. And so, um, so it can't just be my, my journey isn't just necessarily what I choose, but it begins with God. And so we have to have that strategy of what it means to hear his word, whether it's through scripture, through the spirit, through other people, um, through creation, right? Um, but, but our journey, uh, a faith journey begins with the creator, with, uh, with God. But the other thing that we have to recognize is faith is a journey is that living by faith is progressive. We're not talking about conservative and progressive in that concept per se, um, though it does apply if you kind of think about it a little bit. But the truth is in this story, God does not tell Abraham where he's going. Um, he doesn't give him the whole story. He doesn't give him the big picture. He doesn't set him down and pull out the map, the Google Maps. He doesn't give him you know the coordinates. He just says, walk, leave this place. God gives him exactly what he needs, what is necessary for the next step. step. Um, and I need you to just kind of marinate in that, if you will, or sit in that. Um, the idea that, that God um, promises a journey and promises a destination, if you will, but never promises how he's going to get you there. Um, especially in this story of Abraham, we see that he's he's told you know we to go from different place to different place, um, but he doesn't know where he's going to end up. At least we don't know that he knows, and and that's the challenge for us um, because we want things to be planned out, right? We want our itinerary. We want to know where my you know my 401k. We want to know that I'm saving up for this. I'm saving up for that. That that I'm working towards, you know, I'm doing this degree so that I can have this job or I'm doing this job now so that I can have this next job down the road. You know, everything that we do is um, kind of incremental, if you will. It's always planning for that next thing. When in reality, when, when you're living by faith as a journey, the next thing is the now, actually, right? The, 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 it, if, we, if, we, if we're always looking towards that next thing, we're missing the steps that God has placed at right now in our faith journey to experience and to to um, to impact now, and so um, living by faith is progressive. It, it's it's recognizing that I don't have the big picture, and God doesn't owe it to me, um, though I'd like Him to have that right. Um, and so uh, that's that's what I want to leave you with today. Just kind of wrestle. I don't have necessarily the points for you um, per se to, to, to do that, but just to recognize that faith is not a, a destination. Faith is not about I, once I know this, everything is good. As a matter of fact, the way it works is once I know this, oh, then it opens up a question for the next thing that I'm learned that I learn or the next step I'm to take. Right? That faith, living by faith, is progressive, um, but it does have to begin with God. Um, so some things for you to think about. Um, you know, we've kind of been doing some questions, uh, you know, at each one. The beginning, we learned from creation. We asked the question, is your view of God large enough? With Abel, we asked the question, is my faith in God strong enough? With Enoch, we talked about, is my faith in God steady enough? Right? You know, is it a long haul? And Noah, um, it, we said, is your faith in God distinct enough? And so the question I want to leave with today with Abraham is, is your faith ready for a journey. Um, the idea that, that when we uh, give our lives to God, it's not 
to hole up and to build a castle with a moat around it and have our own safe little nest. When we give ourselves to God, we agree to go on the most incredible journey we've ever experienced. And just like my 14 days in Europe and going through Italy and going through Switzerland and going through Germany and going through some other places and ended up in London, even in London, the stories that I have there, I could have never planned out how incredible incredible that trip was and how it changed me forever to this day. If it's true for a little 14-day trip through Europe, then what, how could that, how incredibly true is that in our faith walk with God? Is that we are going to be on a journey that is progressive and that no matter how much we could plan it out, God has an incredible story for us to live out. Um, there's a little bit to talk about there and to, to kind of unfold with that, but I just want to kind of let that sink in for you and just kind of have you wrestle with the, the idea, am I ready for a journey? Am I ready to be progressive in the sense that I don't know where my steps are leading me, but I'm trusting that God is leading me? Um, what does that look like? How does that feel to you? Um, and I can I understand some of you are like, nah, I'm, that, I'm not down for that. I, I, that's not what this is, you know, that's not, I didn't sign up for that. So it's something we have to wrestle with, and I get that. Um, I'd love to hear how your thoughts uh, resonate on this concept of faith being a journey. Um, what, how does that hit you? Um, do you agree, disagree? Um, so yeah, just put some some comments in our, in our faith life area, and uh, we'll share a little bit more um, throughout the week. Have a great day. Grace and peace.